Welcome back, folks, to Make Mine Multiversity, a Marvel podcast. I'm Kevin. With me, as usual, are Nick and Jess. We're coming to you again from our new time of third Friday of the month, uh, which seems like we were just here the other day because it's like not even halfway through March, but sometimes dates work like that. We're here in time, though, to tell you that uh, all celebrities suck and (laughs) all of them have bribed their children into college and bribery is bad and don't do it. How could you? Uh, Aunt freaking Becky. Good. This one I actually Lord. heard about for once. Yeah. Nick Nick was online <laughs> enough to hear about this shit. No, someone sent it to me. It wasn't because I was online. Oh god. Yeah. Well, that's fair. NPR <laughs> covered it too, so I guess that's a yeah, whatever. People I got the BBC article. Oh, okay. Of course, the BBC. The BBC. Yeah. The the Brits having all their problems. They tell you about our problems and what love. Anyway. Um, folks, we're a Marvel podcast dedicated to all things uh, Marvel-y, whatever, uh, news, reviews, movies, and such things. We're hosted by MultiversityComics.com. So if you have never checked out Multiversity, what are you waiting for? It's your home for all sorts of comic content, uh, news reviews, previews think pieces other podcasts other fun things if you're coming to us from itunes or stitcher or your podcatcher of choice like rate review us we'd love to hear your thoughts um and yeah normally this would be the point of the podcast where we talk about the news from the last month but there really hasn't been a ton of newsy things uh since the last time we met so don't know what that's about um i do know what that's about there are two major comic cons coming up uh, this weekend and then the next weekend Emerald City Comic Con in Portland happens uh, this weekend and then the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo C2E2 uh, happens the following weekend I'll be there folks if any of y'all are there please you know seek me out love to hang out and get a drink whatever or not that seems weird I don't know if I would want to get a drink with some of y'all I don't really know you um, maybe uh, so Tons of news, other things. We'll probably be coming out of those two conventions, and uh, we'll probably get a lot more of Marvel's uh, plans as uh, you know, for summer plans as we go forward. You know, there were some people on the on the Twitters today uh, talking about because there was some weird preview um, teaser thing in Marvel's comics that came out today, Wednesday, Wednesday, March thirteenth. That people think that Jonathan Hickman might be writing the the, the X Men in the near future. So I'm sure we will have lots to talk about at he- some point. He hates X-Men fans, so I genuinely feel like that's the greatest thing that could happen. <laughs> sometimes sometimes there is justice. Um, I don't know. It could be cool. It could be. I like Hickman. I would like him to do something fun. It's what we deserve. <laughs> it's what we deserve. Um, yeah. So skipping over the news things. The biggest thing that has happened to in the Marvel world in the month of March is the release of Captain Marvel, of the newest installment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel's first female-led superhero film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, And yeah, we all saw it. We all have thoughts. This is going to be a full spoiler review of the movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, do pause the podcast or keep listening and just be one of those people. I don't really care. Um, but with that, I'm going to turn it over to, to Jess and Nick first for some kind of like overall thoughts about the film. And then we'll get into some specifics. So uh, I didn't even ask y'all how y'all are doing today. 
Jess, Nick, how are y'all doing? Uh, I feel I'm so sorry. I'm so impolite. <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> That's great. That's great. How dare I? But I'm glad you're Nick's coming to Nick's Nick's got Nick's Nick's coming to us shooting from his new apartment. That's cool. Yeah, I might be a little sniffly though. I think the like last tenant before me had a cat or something. So I've been cleaning everything nonstop for the last week. But you know, uh, if you hear me sneeze, you won't because I'll be muted. <laughs> you won't because Nick Nick is a podcast pro. Um, anyhow, <laughs> uh, all right, we'll start with Jess. Jess, what were your sort of overall thoughts about uh, about Captain Marvel? Um, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it it was definitely. I think it definitely had like the right level of personality for me. Um, where like the Marvel movies tend to be kind of kind of uh, lean hard on the comedy. I, I think this had like the right kind of personality for me. It wasn't really Guardians of the Galaxy, which works for me. Um, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. Um, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I I tend to not remember the Marvel movies all that well, like at least the plot and everything. Um, because they just sometimes run, which is probably blasphemy, but uh, they kind of become a little unforgettable for me. Like, I know I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and I can barely remember most of that, and I could not tell you a single thing that happens in the second Thor movie, and I know I saw that movie. So, um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was, for me, it was, it was memorable, and I, I don't know if I loved it, but I, I really did enjoy it. I did. I really enjoyed it. You and Natalie Portman both don't remember the things <laughs> that happened in the second Thor movie. Um, that's cool. That's cool. Nick, what were your sort of overall Captain Marvel thoughts? Uh, I was surprised, and I feel like I should know by now that I never know how I'm going to react to a Marvel movie because either I like sometimes I think I'm going to love it and I hate it. Sometimes I think I'm going to hate it and I love it. Sometimes I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to like it and I do. Um, this movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I'd say it's like top like third of Marvel movies. Uh, I liked how it was a lot more character focused. It was, uh, like Jess was saying, it had a really unique personality. And I feel like like the Marvel movies can either be like too hard going for the goofy or they're too hard going for serious. And I felt like this was a certain really subtle, dry but like there's a clear personality there and that was really interesting to see and i don't think that we've ever seen it in a marvel movie um i will also say i saw it with my mom and she loved it <laughs> yeah <laughs> what did what did your mom say that she that she loved about it oh she she likes most superhero movies but uh, yeah she's not really like verbose about the way that she likes things but she is very expressive when she does like things and she was very expressive <laughs> okay that's fun yeah I only, uh, my 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 parents and my sister went and saw it before i did and my mom texted me and she was like yo you want to have me on your show i have a lot of captain marvel thoughts <laughs> and I, I, I almost went for it but just but i think she enjoyed it too um which and like she doesn't watch a lot of superhero movies and things um so i think that's really cool yeah uh i definitely i definitely agree with both of you i i really i really really enjoyed it um and and i think that i think that we we might be sort of in the like in the minority of of people watching the marvel cinematic universe movies that are not just like drooling 
all over them or whatever that there's just like this wonderful beautiful achievement because i've because i i definitely uh, you know agree with with y'all that like some of them are are not super mem- uh, like just like aren't super mem- memorable like i couldn't really tell you what happened in ant-man and the wasp or in that second thor movie or in other movies and doctor strange i don't know in other movies that i barely remember happened or exist um but i really really enjoyed this and i think that you're both right i think it had its own sort of like flavor and feel to it that the other um that the other marvel movie other marvel movies haven't had up to this point uh and i definitely think of the movies that are that are origin story films um this one is like the most sort of like unique um and and different in terms of exploring and thinking about what uh what origin things really are so i really i really i i really did enjoy it and i think that like like the the brie larson played uh like a really fun sort of like 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 dry humor um uh carol and i thought that that nick fury or i thought that samuel jackson um as nick fury was was really fun in, in this movie even though he's fun in all the in all the marvel movies that he's in um but let's talk for let's talk for a second about the origin story aspect of the of the film because a lot of people um i think in terms of watching superhero movies have been saying for a long time that we don't need any more origin stories uh you know there's only so many times that you can see uh the pearls or uncle ben getting killed or or whatever else before it starts to get old or before the the trope gets old so i'm curious what y'all think about um if this was a good origin story film if this was a good origin for carol um as a character if like the tweaks that were made were were fun and insightful or like from her origin from the comics um it's not necessarily like a a linear origin story because it it's you know it's uh, the movie's about her kind of getting her memories back and so we see like clips in the beginning and then like kind of get the full story uh like two-thirds of the way into the movie but i'm curious what y'all think um so we'll start we'll start with nick and then co kind of have a conversation I really liked it uh, from that perspective. I felt like the um, like it, it didn't feel like an origin movie because it wasn't a character like suddenly getting powers and then like trying to going through the trial and error of figuring out like how does this work and then you know slowly figuring out who their enemies are and like this external threat that comes to them. Uh, it was not structured like that at all. Uh, from the beginning, like, Veers has her powers, and she, like, has the things that she does. And so the movie was much more about, like, the process of discovering a character as opposed to, like, establishing an origin. We went into it, and, you know, I feel like most movies, like, not even just superhero movies, are in a sense, like origin stories um and from that perspective i feel like this one fit that mold like movies typically the first act so the first like quarter of the movie is uh about like the character's ordinary world who they like have been before we see them and then like starting a quarter of the way into the movie they uh go into their new uh, surrounding and it's all about exploring that and gradually like building up the conflicts and then the final quarter is you know they fight the big bat or whatever um, so from that perspective 
almost every Hollywood movie you will ever see, even if it's just a standard like comedy or drama, it's sort of an origin story of the story that you're watching. So um, I, I sort of lost my train of thought here, but um, <laughs> the question that you asked, how did I feel about it? I feel like this didn't feel like typical superhero origin story movies, but I can also see why people would say that it still feels like an origin. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really fair. Um, uh, and I think, I think that's, you know, like when in any story, when you're introduced to the characters from the beginning, when you have no, when you have no foreknowledge of who the characters are uh, or like no foreknowledge, I guess, in terms of the, you know, of the, of the movie or of other movies of who the characters really are. Uh, you do spend a lot of time, you know, and, and any story figuring out what the characters motives are, you know, who's the antagonist, who's the protagonist, like what are their relationships with all these things? What is this world that we're stepping into? Um, so I think that that is a fair comparison. I think that, I think that you're right though, that this feel that this movie felt a lot different from like, I was thinking about, you know, other origin origin story movies that are part of the Marvel cinematic universe, like, like the first Iron Man movie and the first Thor movie and the first Captain America movie. Um, and the first Ant-Man movie and the first Doctor Strange movie. Uh, and then like less so Black Panther and Spider-Man Homecoming, because they are kind of like this where you're where I feel like you're introduced to a character in the middle of them having already like they're they, they're like just, you know, discovering new things about themselves and like discovering new worlds and new powers and yada, yada, yada. But like them as the character that the and them like having the initial moment of putting on the suit or getting the powers or being bitten by the spider, those things have already happened. And that's, that's what happens here in this movie, but it's like, it's sort of nuanced then by us getting this, uh, this picture of Carol uh, or of, of Veers, of Veers, as, you know, as she's, I guess you're, as she's known for the first part of the movie of, of her sort of in the middle of, of her story. And then she's going back and rediscovering parts of her story. So I think it is, I think it was really cool. And I was, I was, I was surprised that they, that they went that route. I thought it was, I thought it was really, really fun and really, really unique. Um, So yeah, Jess, what, what did you think? What did you think? Is this a good, does this work as a good origin story? Is this, is this a cool, cool for that? Or what did you think about, about that aspect? She was uh, in that little Star Force thing for like, what, six years or something like that? I think it was like, she, yeah. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I like. I agree with both of you. Like, I don't need a two-hour movie about how Carol got her powers and then her figuring out how to use them. Like, I don't think you need to do that for every single superhero movie to get that across to your audience. Like, um, I think I think that in the beginning, a lot of superhero movies, um, especially the Marvel movies, kind of wanted to to walk people through things and i don't think you really need to do that anymore i think it's like i think the audience is smart enough to kind of gather what they need and i think it it shows that um doing an origin story like this um can get people really excited about a hero and like i think i think too um with the way that they went about her origin i think that whole last fight scene where she uh, I guess, yeah, spoiler, uh, when she does get control of everything, I think that made that a whole lot more fun because it wasn't like, oh, what do I do now? It's like, oh, I already know what I wanted to do and now I can do it. So I liked that. Like, I thought that that's what made um, that whole last f- that last fight a lot of fun for me. Um, but yeah, I, I think it really worked and I felt like I felt like we got a better sense of 
like her relationship to the other characters um, much better this way because she had been with them for a few years. And so very there wasn't a ton of work that had to be done to establish what kind of relationships they all have with each other. Like her and uh, 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 what was his name? Uh, Jude Law's character. Like you got enough and you understood exactly what kind of relationship that was just from the, I just from the context that they had been on that team for so many years, like from the get go, when they have that fight in the very beginning, that playful fight, that's all you needed. Like it, it, it was, it was just written really well. I hope that going forward, as more characters get introduced, that we get stuff more similar to this. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, um, I totally, like, I totally agree. And I, I definitely, I definitely, I think that's a, that's a great comment to like the, the, the end of the movie where she's like, like beating the crap out of all these people that she's like wanted to beat the crap out of. Um, it's like, a, I'm finally getting to do the thing that I want to do and not the thing that I was told that I, that I had to do or be the thing that I was told that I had to be, but I get to like be my own, my own person or my own woman or, or, um, or what have you. Uh, especially at the end too, when, when, when like, uh, there's like Ronan's, uh, like sur- for surrendering and leaving. And he says like, we'll be back for the weapon later. And the, the, um, the, the, his like henchman dude asks him like the, the something like the something and then he says no the woman and i'm like oh yeah like that was that was a really really a really really cool moment and it and it sort of played on um like it's it was less a story of like of how did how did carol day like how did carol danvers you know get her powers and learn how to use her powers and learn about what is good or bad and yada 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 and more like a story about about it how does carol danvers like like come to be or like come to like exist or like come to like be like the fullest version of herself rather than like the struggling to learn how to do this and yada 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 are you too familiar with the uh with carol's overall history like in marvel comics from the 60s to today i mean i know most of it okay yeah i just i felt like the movie just because there's no way that you can take what the comics had and like actually adapt it because it's not a simple story. Like I feel like even in Spider-Verse, the Miles Morales story, like that's a pretty simple story as long as you know who Peter Parker is um, before that. it's There's a very clear origin that you can set out and tell. Whereas in this case, like... Carol like appeared in the other Captain Marvel's book and that Captain Marvel was never really a popular character aside from the Jim Starlin run and then uh like she she was an alcoholic at one point and like she was off in space like barely appeared for like a few years and then like she's had a lot of different iterations and like she got her the way that she got her powers and her relations to people it just it's the type of thing that like when you're reading comics about her today, they just completely gloss over and it's like, just accept her for what she is right now. And I feel like they took that, uh, that perspective and that's what they used here. Like when you start out the movie, it's like, just accept her for what he, what she is. But then they actually went back and started to fill in like, this is how she got here. Um, and the pieces that they filled in were all things like taken from various places in the comics history, but just 
flipped around into a way that actually made sense, which I found really cool. Yeah, and I mean, it does like kind of just go back to doing. It's it, what the movie did is basically just what Kelly Sue DeConnick did anyway. So it, it made it was, yeah. That's basically what okay. that's basically what happened with the characters. It's, it's when when they decided to relaunch it and make her captain, and then they had the Jamie McKelvey design and everything. That's that's like that's really the starting point for the character at this point for most like anybody trying to get into like what Marvel is doing on the comic side. None of that stuff from from the 60s to like what maybe when was that like 10 years ago I guess less than that something like that yeah I think yeah that's really like that's Captain Marvel like that that's Carol that's the one that we all know even the even the older stuff the way she was written it it's not even it's like it's not it's not the same person at all so I like that the movie I like that you mentioned that because that is basically what the movie did it just cherry picked what it wanted to use and then gave it the personality that exists in that Kelly Sue DeConnick uh, starting point. Like, that's, that attitude that Carol has is the attitude that she has in the comics. So I like that. It works. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes sense that... <laughs> did you guys see the Kelly Sue DeConnick cameo? Yeah. I yeah. did, I did, and I, like, I like elbowed my boyfriend. I was like, that's Kelly Sue DeConnick! And he's like, I don't know who that is. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I had a similar reaction. I was like, oh my god! And my mom was like, what? And I'm like, oh, nothing. <laughs> I started laughing in the theater, and I was the only one. <laughs> oh, that was a great cameo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so in, in this case, like, it makes sense that she would be the one who is honored as sort of the creator of the character because yes she didn't create the character but she redefined her into what she is now yes like 100 percent. the character was like it was all very different i mean the convoluted backstory isn't even the start of it like just the way the character used to be written it's not the same like kelly sue deconic really really changed it it's 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 why like she's been tweeting so much about it because you know she's she's not like she's pretty humble as far as like super famous writers go but um she knows like what she did like what she did is is a big deal i mean she it's it's hard to do that for a character like completely reinvent them and like make people all of a sudden be super into them to where it's like yeah well now she's definitely getting a movie you know so yeah yeah she's she's carol's mom (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah for sure and like her and her and david lopez both got like special thanks early on in the credits too. So I would imagine that, um, and I don't, I don't know all the process. I, I, I think that like she was consulted pretty heavily throughout like the making of the movie too. Yeah. And I know, um, um, Jamie McKelvey got a thank you too, because, uh, he, he is the look like he, he yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. all him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah. Cause yeah. Cause he was, he was listed in like the group of, uh, just like writers and and like comic people like towards the end like that all the movies have but like her and her and Lopez got like big 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 name things like after the like the cast list thing rolled at the beginning of the credits that's cool I didn't see that you know, it was fun um, but yeah like I totally yeah I, I totally agree with what you're saying and I thought too even because I because like her like Carol's origin with like like Marvel in the comics and like some of like the stuff that happens to her in the seventies and eighties, it's like bad and sexist, right? Like I'm not uh, making that up. I'm not sure. I know that she was like turned into a seventies feminist. She was, hero. yeah. Oh, okay. 
was it but she was like pregnant at one yeah, point she, like yeah, weird. she got she got like pregnant and it was like a it was like a super rapid pregnancy or some nonsense and then like she was also sexually assaulted at some point it, it, it was it was a mess it was a mess okay um that's what okay i, I okay i thought that like her continuity stuff was a mess i had it in my head that it was like bad mess like like it was a mess and then it was also like sort of overtly sexist but i didn't realize that she was one of those characters that was i haven't read her stuff from like the 70s or like when like when she like becomes miss marvel like as a character before before uh the relaunch happened with the character the thing that people knew her the most for was the rogue thing that was like if you ask somebody like who didn't really know like comics like that like what like who did who do you know like who is carol danvers they probably her um just for the for the rogue thing which if you don't know uh rogue like puts ms marvel in like a coma or something and that's how rogue uh has the pow- the super strength and the flying as a permanent thing like she sucked it out of her <laughs> yeah yeah the, wow. and and they picked up like that was in um i say that that's probably the thing that people would know for her for because um they did that in like all like basically all the animated versions of x-men like the uh, evolution and um the the one that everybody loves the the 90s one um there's like full episodes just about that and like about how rogue is like how rogue was hanging out with mystique and like mystique was corrupting her and like mystique kind of egged her on to do this to poor carol and um yeah she like took her like she she grabbed her so hard and held on to her. And now uh, that's how Rogue has the flight and the super strength, which was all in all the cartoons. So if before the relaunch, if you ask people who Ms. Marvel or Carol Danvers was, that's probably what they would have told you. Did that happen like in the very, like toward the end of X-Men Evolution? Cause I don't remember I could that. swear they did it in X-Men Evolution. I know they did it in the nineties. The nineties one, there's definitely a whole, uh, there's a whole thing about it. Like I, uh, Jean Grey has to like help her go into like Ms. Marvel's mind or something. <laughs> so yeah, it's like a whole thing, but that's probably what people would have known her for. I would guess. Well, I'm glad that people know her for, you know, this movie now. <laughs> Cause it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I thought too, like while we're on origin things, um like because i i sort of had like i i sort of had like the vague i think because she gets she has like i watched the like avengers earth's mightiest heroes cartoon thing and she like kind of has the like a similar version of her comic book origin in that where like marvell comes and then she gets like the blood transfusion and stuff happens or whatever it's like watching this it was cool to like see marvell uh, like not be a man, like not her, like not like Carol's story, not to be tied to like this this man that she was like sleeping with or whatever, because they were like romantic, I think in the comics or something, or like that was a thing, or they were like I don't know, really good friends or or some I, one of those things. But it was cool that like uh, like Annette Benning, like they just like threw in that her code name was like Marvel, and that solved that problem, and that was cool. And then that. Um, like she gets because Carol gets her powers from the Tesseract, which we can talk about that uh, in a second. But then like the like Jan Rogs the or like Jude Law's character is the one who gives her the blood transfusion. So like she gets like there are aspects of all the like the origin and it's like not 
like overly complicated, but it combines all of the, like all the, I guess like the, the better things about her comic book origin and then like makes it fresh and new, like makes it in the vein of all the Kelly Sue stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Um, what'd y'all think about all the nineties things in the movie? Wasn't enough. No, I'm, I'm sort of kidding, <laughs> but uh, I can never get enough 90s stuff, so... <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, same. Like, I love the blockbuster bit. I love the payphones. I love the pagers. But I, 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 I love the music, too, but I don't think the music worked as seamlessly as I thought it yeah. did. But it was great. Yeah. I loved all the songs. Uh, pick analysis time. <laughs> what do you guys think the significance of her picking up the right stuff at the Blockbuster was? Uh, <laughs> you don't have to answer I, that. I don't have an yeah. answer. Yeah, I saw it and was like, that's a choice. <laughs> I don't know what it's trying to say, but it's a choice. Like, oh. Wait, wasn't that a space movie or something? Yeah. Yeah, so maybe that was all, why. All I know, all I know is like Sam Shepard is in it, and they go to space or like something like that. So, <laughs> Astronauts? Question mark. I don't know. Maybe maybe that was why, because it was like space, and like she was from space. That is so surface level. I know. I know. That's so <laughs> bad. I'm thinking that honestly might just be it. Like. I- <laughs> I've never seen the movie, but I know that it was, like, about space. And I think, like, the guys who are in it are all, like, test pilots. So I think that was, like, why they did that, which is super surface level. But I don't really expect deep, deep analysis from the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. So... It's fair. It's fair. How about, speaking of 90s... Thanks, Brian, for when Stan Lee died, writing about his appearance in Mallrats because I actually got <laughs> what he was doing on the bus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was like reading. Yeah. He's reading the Mallrats script. Yeah. Kevin was, Kevin yeah, Smith tweeted in, about it, uh, about seeing Captain Marvel. And he was like tweeted like uh, like a uh, picture of like him crying because he was like, I got referenced in a movie. And also Stan Lee's dead. And that's sad. Um, <laughs> but. I thought the the this is another like side thing the Marvel Studios logo at the beginning when it was all Stanley I thought that was kind of a fun a fun homage and that the movie began yeah that was nice yeah. so that whole last fight scene set to um uh uh yes <laughs> yes okay yeah. so that's like genuinely <laughs> yeah. one of my favorite songs ever like I used to be a huge Gwen Stefani fan girl until she like became like a suburban mom. So, <laughs> you're not a fan of suburban moms? That's like my demographic, or I am their demographic. Anyway, so, so like I love that song. Like that is like that is my song, and that whole fight scene that happens. I wanted that to be set to Rebel Girl by Bikini Kill, and I didn't even think for a second that they could have used that too. They could use just a girl, and like when it started, I was like, "Oh my god, yes!" Like I was so here for it. <laughs> that to me was like the best use of the music. I mean, I get for some people maybe they'll say that was a little too like on the nose, but like that was awesome to me. Like that was great. Mm-hmm. I just had to look up when well, when uh, "Man, I Feel Like a Woman" came out because I was like, "Oh, 
that would have been a fun <laughs> one. Being, but it was 97. It wasn't 95. So it was yeah. later. Yeah, see, and I thought the I thought the little the very brief like bit of like karaoke we saw where they were do where they were singing "Kiss Me Deadly" by Lita Ford that was really good too. That was really good. That was really good. Oh, the music was the music choices yeah, were really movie... good. I just don't think they were all used super well. Plus, mm-hmm. like it was it definitely like panders. Oh, us. it does. And like people, it, it does. Honestly, age. my yeah. only critique of the music was that she was wearing a nine inch nail shirt, and where was my nine inch nails? Like, somewhere, like, I know there are <laughs> children watching, but what if we had dropped closer in there? Like, we should have just done it. We could have put the, the censored version, it'd been fine. Yeah. <laughs> it'd been fine. <laughs> Education purposes. Education. <laughs> yeah. I did have the, like, even less so than, than all the, uh, like the music choices, like, you know, like actual music choices, like the, you know, like, like music with lyrics choices, like even like the, the like music in the background of scenes and stuff like felt very nineties and sort of like felt kind of like grungy and like sounded nineties. And I was even like the ways that uh, like some of the, like the, like the camera shots and stuff, like the ways that like things like shifted from like person to person and like some of the angles, I even thought that seemed more like old school than like other uh movie stuff or television shows that i've like that i've been watching recently like it's some of the even like the make of the movie felt older which i thought was really really cool that's interesting i did not think of that at all but i don't know thinking back like i i can see some of what you're talking about yeah like parts of it just i'm gonna have to check that it felt like i was watching an episode of star trek like Star Trek The Next Generation or something. Like it just like felt old, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Speaking of star things, there were certain parts that were like 100% Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Like in the very beginning, uh, when they were just like flying through space, doing a space battle, I was like, this is Star Wars. And then uh, toward the end, when they're, uh, there, there's like an aircraft battle and they're going through like mountains and I don't know, canyons, valleys. I don't know, like, words for that type of geography but um yeah that that just looked like stuff from star wars specifically it looked like pod racing (laughs) but yeah i i want to also give a special shout out Mm -hmm. to the best part of the entire movie the the real star of the movie which was goose so um i felt nick fury's reaction to goose on such a deep spiritual level um, because as a person who has an incredibly adorable <laughs> cat, um, his reaction to everything Goose did, including just sitting there, yeah, I felt that. That's me. Like, Pebbles is sitting, like, two feet away from me, and I'm just, like, looking at her, like, I'm going to attack you. I love you. So, <laughs> shout out to I Pebbles, <laughs> who's laying on my jacket, which is a very rude, but I love you, so it's okay. <laughs> she is not a flurkin. <laughs> Not a flurkin, thankfully. But I do think she would fight some aliens Not for a me, flirkin. so there's that. Do you guys think flurkins are hypoallergenic? Because I'd be down. I mean you could probably <laughs> find one. Maybe. Yeah. We can okay. we can we can we'll we'll figure out how to ask Carol Danvers and <laughs> Okay. No. That was the other shout out I was gonna give was to shout out to all those cats that were in this department <laughs> that are no longer there. But just all the cats tonight. Um, um, just all the yeah, cats. Yeah, so the, the whole flurkin thing, 
Like, that was so telegraphed <laughs> from the very beginning, and it was a little eye-rolly. But then, like, when the thing happened, I was like, all right. <laughs> like, it, was, it yeah. sort of redeemed itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's no, not what no, I was no, expecting. Yeah. Like, I was expecting Goose to just, like, start talking. Like, or, like, turn into like, Dexter. Like, human. Green Lantern, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Instead of just like grew tentacles and ate people, and I'm like, okay, no, it was fine. great. That's all I was waiting for. Like, because I've read the whole like, Kelly Sue Duconic run. Like, I was just waiting. Like, I was just waiting for the nonsense to start. Like, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was so, it was so oh, great to me. But I, ref- I, I, like I was that? in my head refusing to call Goose Goose. I was like, that's chewy. <laughs> but no, I, I loved every like Nick Fury's whole thing oh, was yeah, he yeah, was yeah. great as a character like this is the first time i genuinely really liked nick fury so i was really into it and then like i fell in love with him because of how he reacted to goose that was so good like my sister hasn't seen it yet like she's a crazy cat lady and she hasn't seen it yet and i told her i was like prepare yourself for everything that happens with nick fury and this cat because you're you're gonna just be yelling the whole time (laughs) yeah I I I loved uh, like Samuel Jackson's movie, and I thought like all the de-aged stuff, like it looked, it didn't look fake at all. Like it in the ways that like other ways that the, they've tried to de-age characters in the MCU or just like in other movies have kind of looked like this. Still looks kind of weird. Um, like I thought he looked really really cool, and I just thought like the way that he like the way that he portrayed himself throughout the movie was cool. Like that like younger Nick Fury, he was he still like acted like the Nick Fury that we know and love, but just was like. I don't know. It was just, it was just fun. I just thought it was fun. I honestly forgot that that was him being de-aged. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 Same. Same. <laughs> I didn't know that like CG thing happened. So I was like, all right, cool. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't think about it. I'm also really bad with faces. <laughs> judge me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it was good. It was good. Um, it was definitely not Superman. Yes. Sans mustache. <laughs> oh my god Henry upper lip. Yeah. funny story i honestly thought everyone was just photoshopping that i thought people were just dunking on him and then i saw the movie and <laughs> i let out the worst cackle in, in yeah, it almost just like looked like he had a band-aid on his upper lip it was just bad yeah yeah it's yeah. so weird um, okay so so we talked a lot about sort of like the overarching plot and the origin stuff and, and individual moments. Let's talk a little bit about some of the, some of the, the twists in the film. Cause there were, there were a handful. Um, so the, we talked a little bit about, you know, Marvel's a woman. That's cool. Um, what about, uh, so going in, everybody thought that the scrolls were going to be like the main big, bad villain people of the movie. And then there were all these like theories about how we're going to get like a secret invasion movie. And that's going to be like the big overarching sort of like narrative of the, of, of the next phase of the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, and we really didn't get that. Like we get this twist that like the, the scrolls are, they're basically, um, like they're they're immigrants and they're trying to like flee from <clears throat> like oppression and war and trying to like just try to you know be like be safe and and be happy and and all that all that jazz um and uh so there was so there was that and there was also the the fact that that the, the tesseract came back which that was the part that i was more sort of surprised by i think the scroll stuff was a little bit telegraphed for me but the tesseract being the source of like the power source for carol's powers and for marvell trying to 
um, make this like engine that would end this this uh, generations long war. I thought that was really, really cool. So I wanted I wanted to hear what uh, what y'all's thoughts were on the on the scrolls and on the Cree kind of and how they've been um, they've been treated and then on the on the Tesseract stuff. Star Wars. Star Wars. No, um, I mean a little, but <laughs> sci-fi. Uh, that was space. Cool. It was cool. I liked it. <laughs> I don't know what else it to happened, say. It existed. <laughs> now it's over. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was a, a plot twist. My mom leaned over to me and said, I didn't expect that when it turned out that <laughs> the Cree general like was evil, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think, Jess? See, the Tesseract thing didn't really do anything for me, but I did like the scrolls being a little bit more, the, the Kree scroll war being a little bit more complicated. Because, um, like, I think it's interesting. I think, like, when you're even, when you talk about any kind of modern war, it's not so black and white. There, there are, especially when you start thinking about a situation like Israel and Palestine, it's like, there's so much to take apart there. It's like, I think that they were maybe trying to do that, but they were also kind of pointing out like what it's like being a soldier. And it's like, when you're a soldier, you kind of just have your orders and you don't really think about it too much. And like Carol's kind of, she, she goes through that where she finds out that the orders that she's taking are not, uh, she's, she's, probably on the wrong side of things, but she doesn't think that initially because she's a soldier and she's doing what she's told. Um, so I did like that. Like I, I, I thought that was really interesting. It was definitely telegraphed, but I thought that was really interesting. Um, I, I again, I don't expect a lot of deep anything from Marvel movies, and I thought this was kind of deep. I mean, it didn't go into it as much as it probably could have, but it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought like the the part that was the part that was I think that I kind of saw coming was the the twist that oh maybe the Kree are just as bad as the scrolls are. And maybe the, like her sort of like team are like not who they see. I wasn't expecting them to get up to like the space lab thing. And for like Talos like whole family and these other like refugees to be up there. That was a thing that I wasn't expecting. Um, and I thought that was a, a really, really cool, a really, really cool twist. And like a really, like you were saying, like I don't expect huge morality or lessons or like sort of like nuanced like morality takes from from the marvel cinematic universe um aside from black panther uh but uh but it was like this was this was like a really cool moment like oh yes like like war is complicated like and the the moment that we just start treating people as as altogether villains or as altogether evil or as as altogether other rather than as as real living beings is the moment that that things things go things go south and things go the way you know that that people people turn into soldiers rather rather than just like being being human beings um and so i thought that was i thought i thought that was handled really well i thought the test track thing was fun too like i thought i liked this sort of like bits that this movie filled in of of marvel cinematic universe history that we haven't had before because we haven't really had anything set in this in this decade. I think there's there's a line towards the end with with Talos. He says something like Carol like apologizes or whatever, or like she's or she's sort of apologizing for everything and or sort of and like he says something about like his hands are dirty too and like yeah, I think that's yeah. what he's trying to give himself up. 
for the rest of them to go and he says something about like his hands are dirty too and I like that like they both kind of it wasn't like they they realized what was actually going on and just kind of shook it off it was like they both kind of they, they once she realizes it and he starts thinking about it even more like they kind of realize some things about themselves that they've they've killed a lot of people mm-hmm. for this whole thing and it's like was it worth it what yeah. like it, it's so I thought I thought all that was really interesting yeah 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 no i totally i i i agree i agree with that yeah you guys said it better than i could have so thank you (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah i thought i thought that was i thought it was i thought that was handled well and i think that like the end of the movie where she you know is now going to try to figure out like going to find like the scrolls like a new home these scrolls a new home world and then it's just gonna gonna like go and rage like a one woman war against the Kree. Like that's, that makes sense. Like, of course she's off doing that for 30 years or whatever it is. Um, in like this Marvel cinematic timeline thing where she hasn't been back to earth. Like that's a, that's a, that's a tall order being a space terrorist. I really want that to be the sequel. Yes. Yeah. I like I, I know like I, it's gonna, it's gonna definitely get a sequel, but I, I feel like they might lean towards just doing like a modern day sequel, but I'd really like to see that as the sequel. Like I'd really like to see right after she goes back, like maybe not immediately after, but maybe like a year or two, like, cause there's a lot of years to play with here. So it's like, I would be really disappointed if the sequel to Captain Marvel is a modern day movie and not what year was this? 96? Yeah, 95, 96. Like 95, that. 96. Yeah. Like, you've got 95, 96 all the way to 2019. By the time that movie comes out, it'll be like 2022 or whatever. It's like, mm-hmm. that's that would be so disappointing to me. Like, get, give us, like, late 90s Carol in space or, like, early 2000. I mean, the, the timing doesn't really matter because I assume that if they did that, it wouldn't be her coming back to Earth. But there's so many years to play with. It would suck if it's just like, oh, yeah, now she's in charge of the Avengers, and now she's going to go against some generic villain, and that's going to be that. And I'm like, all right, well, you had all this scroll stuff you could have given us, but I guess this is fine. Um, I understand what you're saying, but there's still something weird to me about having both Wonder Woman movies and both Captain Marvel movies. Like, we already have three different movies like two Wonder Woman, one Captain Marvel, that are the only female-led Marvel or DC movies that take place in the past. Like, I think we need one that's set in the present now. That's the magic of them greenlighting more than just two female superheroes. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, they could just they, they, they could they could just they could just give us a, a Kamala Khan movie and call that mm-hmm. a day, a or Spider Curry movie, or a Spider Woman movie. You know, anybody. Yeah. I mean, okay, you're not fair. you're not wrong. You're not wrong, but I mean, that's a totally fair thing to say. But you know, they could just green light more superhero, more female superhero movies. <laughs> Can and should. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, 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 I like agree, Nick. I think it's sort of it's sort of uh, like suspect that you know we have we have these stories and we can't. It's like oh, we, we, you know, we have to set them in the past. But I think like they really work in these settings that they've been placed in, and it's sort of like combating. Um, these like historical narratives in some ways that like we have for this era, like these eras that exist, like these eras that these film films exist in, which I think is kind of cool. Um, uh, like I think of all the, you know, sort of like the uh, stuff about like, like Diana being in the midst of war and like being a woman and all the men being like, why are you here kind of stuff. And then 
Uh, like I imagine there's going to be some fun like spy things in the 80s with her doing things. And like even here, even here where like all oh, there's all these dudes like where the dude that she like steals his bike and he's like telling her to smile or um, there's like the other things that are happening. Like it's 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 interesting seeing these characters play in these eras that we have sort of like this idea of what what people were like during this time or whatever or what is happening or I mean, yeah, and it's. It, it's good to examine like feminism in that like perspective from those different eras, but I think it's also important to examine it today. Sure, sure. No, I, I agree. I agree. I do. I do agree with Jess though on on this one. Like, I think it would be it would be a loss in some ways to not uh, like because you wouldn't have you wouldn't have these these the same group of characters if you made a movie set in like the, like a, a Captain Marvel sequel set in the modern day. Like you would lose like Ben Mendelsohn and you uh, might lose this version. Like cause she could come back to earth maybe in this period and like interact with, with, with uh, Nick Fury and like with Coulson and them who could see another aspect of like shield in like the late nineties and early two thousands, which I think would be really, really cool. Um, you know, we, we wouldn't get uh, like this, this Maria Rambo, like we wouldn't get this um, like, Lashana Lynch's character, which I like, which I she was like really really awesome. Although I guess if we did get a current Captain Marvel movie, we might get like a we might get Monica Rambo, like we might get her daughter as like a full fledged yeah. adult and like a hero. They, they which would be pretty that cool. hard, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they did, they did. Uh, which like that would be awesome. But I think you could also do all of those things in like the future Avengers films that are going to happen. Um, and instead, like this era of this universe that is not already fleshed out could continue to be fleshed down in these Captain Marvel solo films, which I think would be fun. Yeah. So regardless of when the next movie takes place, how do you think they're going to deal with her aging or rather not having aged? Like, do you think they're going to create some explanation from her powers or do you think like they're going to try like aging her digitally? I I think they're just going to explain it away with alien DNA. Okay. I think that's yeah, what I think do. that's I think that's just gonna be it. Yeah. I mean it's really flimsy, but I think that's just gonna be it. Yeah, she yeah. did get a blood transfusion, so Yeah. Well she showed up <laughs> in the post credit scene, um, you know, and which is like set thirty years later, and she looks normal. I mean well, like she looks kinda rugged, but Yeah, like uh, once again I'm really bad with the faces, so I was like I can't tell if they're trying to make her look older. So she she, she, she only had she had longer hair. That was it. She had the long uh, yeah. yeah, she had long hair. What did it for me? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. She didn't look like anything else. Like she just had long hair. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Um yeah. Yeah, I think I think it'll be sort of like alien DNA imbued with I'm imbued with an infinity stone's power, so I can't age. Boom. Done. Mm-hmm. Like cap. Because comics. Yeah, like cap. Yeah because comics um cool well do y'all have any other any other questions or thoughts about captain marvel before we take a break i'm glad this movie stuck it to the haters (laughs) that's it yeah (laughs) stupid not not gonna not gonna lie was not totally expecting it to bomb because it is a marvel movie but it making as much as it did was kind of (laughs) great Yeah, I I mean, I want to avoid that topic as much as we can and just focus on the movie itself. But quick note, 
I like if they had seen the movie, there isn't even anything like like the movie could have gone so much further with its feminism. There was barely anything feminist in the movie. And that's all I got to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I don't think anything's going to make any of those people happy except for things with women and non-white people to not just not exist. Yeah. Um, and I think I would imagine that's that to a lot of them would have seen the immigrant like parallels, like to like our current immigration crisis. And they would have, they would have been mad about that too. And are probably mad about that. You, you assume that they even understood that was what was being said. That's true. That's true. I'm ascribing, I'm ascribing meaning to something that other people may not have. Yeah, you're right. Good point. Good point. Um, yeah, I, I am, I am ready for this movie to make a billion dollars and, for um other people that look like me to shut the fuck up so that's where i'm at mic drop (laughs) mic drop um well folks we're gonna take a break uh we'll come back uh after after a brief commercial and talk about some of uh marvel's uh, books that have come out in the month of march so we will see you then Hello, podcast listeners. We're the hosts of the DC3Cast. I'm Zach. I'm Vince. And I'm Brian. Each week, we discuss most of the new releases from DC Comics, focusing mainly on Rebirth, Wildstorm, and Young Animal. We also look at the news of the week, discuss the film and television adaptations of DC material, and dig into industry rumors. We've also had a number of DC creators on our show, like Scott Snyder, Jim Lee, Christopher Priest, Steve Orlando, and Joshua Williamson. So, if you like Borat jokes, my no wife, bad to end the Dio impressions, this is bad, what the f- and an in-depth look at DC each week, join us every Wednesday morning at multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. Come get Jurgens with us and we're back uh we're recording this episode the third to go up for the third friday of march so only two uh wednesdays have happened in the month of march by the time that we record this because as we were just joking during our break that you didn't get to listen to because that would be voyeuristic and weird uh time is really stupid um but things that we uh are planning on talking about so so month of march uh overall for marvel kind of a transition month between uh the fun wintry things that they were doing and uh war of the realms which starts in april uh the amazing spider-man uh in title hunted event uh is going on right now uh runaways uh switched from chris anka being the main artist to andre Ginolette, uh who his their first issue was uh was this month uh no avengers no road home is continuing um the Domino Hotshots mini started. The Age of X Men is ongoing, and Killmonger and Black Order both uh, ended their five issue miniseries things. Uh, we weren't able to cover the Spider Man Life Story series, but we'll the first issue of that, which comes out next week. But perhaps we'll take that that up uh, when we uh, come back for our um, episode in April. But the things that we are going to talk about tonight um, are the first issue of Meet the Scrolls which came out uh, the first week of March, the first issue of the magnificent Miss Marvel. So the beginning of uh, Kamala's new journey with, uh, with a new writer with Saladin Ahmed and with a new artist with Minky young and Juan Blasco. And then we are going to talk about uh, the uh, third Conan title that came out, the age of Conan uh, Belit uh, mini series that uh, Teeny Howard and, and Kate Nimchek are, are, are doing. Uh, Cause 
Marvel's all about the Conan right now, and we're going to talk about one of them. So uh, we're going to start this conversation with uh, Meet the Scrolls, though. And so Meet the Scrolls is a it's a five issue miniseries uh, written by Robbie Tompkins, R- Robbie, not Tompkins, Robbie Thompson and illustrated by Nico Henderson. Uh, so we're start with, you know, as usual, sort of our overall thoughts um, and all that jazz. So, Nick, we'll start with you because I think that we're going to disagree about this one. So you first. What were your thoughts about Meet the Scrolls number one? I can't wait to fight with you because this book was incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck! Okay, I mean, it's. Uh, I hate to spoil it, but it's going to be two on one, Kevin. Sorry. Hell yeah! <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> this book was amazing. Oh my god, right. Kevin, what? <laughs> tell me why. Tell me why it was amazing. Like I want. I want to know. It's just the kind of book that I love. It's something that doesn't really deal with big, huge superhero things. It's a really like down to earth story, and I love how it's just a family drama but about scrolls and like they're trying to take over the world but they also have like yeah there's that espionage stuff going on but the real story is about like the one girl who like sort of just wants to fit in that is like my jam and there's so much built into this first issue that they can expand on over the next few issues about like how the family got to where it is and what happened to like i think the oldest sister and uh, just the disagreements that are going to happen between the two younger sisters and how that's going to work with the like parents and the overall family dynamic and their whole dynamic within the scroll empire and on earth. There is so much interesting character stuff to work with here. I'm so excited for the series. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly I loved this book. So, yeah. That's yes. that was not, not what I was expecting. Uh, yes, back just- me up. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. yeah, no, I'm I'm here for it. Like the scrolls are like a huge deal. Like at one point that was like the Marvel villain. So like the fact that like this book is like, oh yeah, no, they're still like here and they're still chipping away at this invasion thing they got going on. But now, oh wait, it's getting even more complicated because now there's like it's it you know what it reminded me of? There we go. Perfect. It's the Americans, but Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> You got I don't like know what all, that is. oh oh so the Americans was the show on FX that starred uh, Carrie Russell and okay. yeah and so it was basically uh, her 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 husband were KGB agents that were put together on purpose and were sent to America to assimilate themselves while also carrying out secret KGB missions but all the while there were also like American agents who were like trying to find them and like put an end to this whole thing so like it's the Cold War. And all this cool spy stuff, but I feel like that's what this book is, but like scrolls, which I'm super into. So now even I like the book even more now. Great job, me. (laughs) (laughs) Way to go, Jess. Um, Okay. Okay. That's all. All that's all that's that's helpful. I. Um. I was clearly less enthusiastic about this than, than, than both of y'all were. And I'm trying to figure out exactly why. Um, Cause I think like the sort of the like character dynamics that y'all talked about is kind of fun. Um, I like that, that the not really wife and not really husband filmed a sex tape and then blackmailed a congressperson. Like that's kind of fun. <laughs> um, that's such a thing so. that would have happened on the Americans though. Like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
That's I fair. like that that's it was fair. just a small moment played for laughs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's like part of the overall I'm probably using this word wrong ethos of the series. Like they're not necessarily going to show you the big outrageous stuff, but like it's there as little jokes, like it's happening and it's quirky in that way and I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, this book is kind of quirky. I think so I think for some reason, like I was expecting um, this to be like the 2019 version of, 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 of the vision of Tom King's like vision book. Cause people were sort of like touting it as that, or like exploring as that. And I think I need to go back and read that book too, because I enjoyed it a lot f- for some reason when it came out. Um, and now that great. I don't, it is. It was good, and now, but now that I don't like Tom King as much as I did in like 2015 or whatever the fuck that was, like I think that I I need to go revisit that series. There's just something about this. Like I was reading it the whole time, and I was like, okay, this is this is like interesting. And then I was just kind of like, I don't I don't know why this series exists. And that's usually like when we get down to it, that's always like my weird sort of like like weird nitpick thing of like why why is this a book that um that like is here. And I get that like, Oh, it's cool that the scrolls are still around that like secret invasion happened over a decade ago. And like, there's still scrolls on earth trying to like take over, take over the planet uh, and do all this stuff. Um, like that's sort of interesting. I feel like I need it. Like, and I like, I like the character stuff. Um, like, I think it's fun that this like family thing is come together. Uh, I thought the, like the double page spread where they're like, let us pray. Like that was kind of like, like like funky and like a oh like they're trying to be like a suburban family and doing like suburban family things but they're aliens and stuff uh i feel like i just like needed a little bit more in this issue to um like to get me excited about like whatever the plot is going to be like going forward i guess um yeah well um disagree <laughs> That's fair. That's yeah, the, the character dynamics i think are the core of the series and they are so strong that i don't really care <laughs> that like it doesn't have any like big uh you know plot things going on yeah like i don't know like that's kind of my thing with it too like it's just a really cool concept and it's like such it's not a super marvel type thing so i'm like i'm into it like i i don't know like i i'm 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 going to be really hooked to this book i think like i i need it more of it <laughs> i'm i'm flipping through to like find more things to say and i think it's really funny just like you have this pretty long conversation of the family at dinner like and it's like a normal family dinner conversation, but they're all debriefing each other on what they've done. Yes! And it's the Americans! <laughs> it's, it's really funny. It's it's done in a really funny way, and like all of a sudden you'll have this one page like that looks completely not like the rest of the pages around it. Um, mm-hmm. Shout out to the colorist. Not sure who it is, but we'll give them credit in a second. It's a, it says Henry Chan was the main artist, and then it credits Laurent Grosset, Grosset as a color assistant. Okay. So them together, yeah, I like there's a page where like the father is talking about what he did and it's just this quick little aside about him in the lab and like Iron Man just comes smashing through the building and they have a little like conversation and it's just a funny little moment. 
and it's done really well because of the way that the like within the story and the art itself sets it up yeah yeah I did like I do I do think this book looks looks really really fun the colors so I I have I think my working theory is that the scenes where they're not in the home and uh, like the they look like human beings out doing human being things and they don't, don't look like squirrels I think that Henry Henry Henrichen colored those things because that looks those pages look more like other color work that he's because I think he usually colors himself on stuff um, that that he does and that I've read because they're and they're also like a lot darker uh, like the colors are a lot darker or whatever but the stuff like in the home where the you know like where they're green and stuff because they're scrolls I I would guess that this was this other colors person who um, who I've never I've uh, who I'm not familiar with their work um, this is a pretty book though I, I do. I will agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know how I mentioned earlier uh, that I love suburban moms. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Guess what? This book is partially about a suburban mom. <laughs> I wasn't lying. You, you feel so seen by this comic book right now. I'm really, ha- I'm really happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks. You and your s- suburban mom fetish or whatever. Wow, Kevin, way to turn it Wow, genius. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just ruined everything tonight. I'll log off. Y'all can do the stress no. show without me. It's okay, Kevin. We appreciate your incorrect opinions. That's okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Well, you're probably going to get more of them. So speaking of more incorrect opinions, uh, well, okay. Do y'all have any other Meet the Scrolls thoughts before we transition? No. Okay. Um, all right, so uh, so moving on to another book that I didn't really love, uh, the Magnificent Miss Marvel number one, written by Saladin Ahmed, illustrated by Minkyu Young, inked by Juan Velasco, and then colored by Ian Herring. Uh, this is the continuation or relaunch or whatever of the Miss Marvel uh, series with uh, Wilson's sign off uh, last month after five years and almost sixty issues couldn't quite figure out how I got to 60, but almost 60 issues. And so this is the relaunch in the beginning of the new era for, uh, for Kamala. Um, and there was something odd about this, this book too, that I don't know that I have a hundred percent have a finger on, but I would love to hear your thoughts. So Jess, we'll start, we'll start, we'll start at your end. What did you think about, about this, this first issue? I don't think it reads very well as a first issue. I think there's a lot of history here and it's like, there's, uh, there's like hinting, there's like, it's a really weird way to tell like the stuff that you need to know about the character. And then all of a sudden it's just kind of like picking up where the last series uh, ended and it's like all this family stuff and all this uh, friend stuff. And it's like, I just don't know if there was enough context in there. Like I tried to put myself in the place of someone who had not known anything about the character. And I feel like there was a lot of stuff maybe missing with that said though, if this didn't have a number one on there, I'd be totally into it as like the next issue, the next part of her story. I don't know if that makes sense. I do like it. I just don't think it's a good first issue. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
and I'm glad that you that you framed it that way because I think that that has some to do with like my thoughts about it because I was like oh this sets up a lot of like weird sort of like um like sort of odd stuff like there's you know like the mystery of like what's going on with their parents and then like there's like a new school year and like what happened with like uh, Kamala and Bruno and like what's up with these weird aliens that are like narrating the story and there's like all these mysteries that Ahmed sets up and if this had just been like the next issue of yeah, of of G Willow Wilson's run, and she was just like this was just like the next arc. I might have I might have taken more of that for granted, but because it's like mixed with sort of the pages of like Kamala having to like explain to Tanakia like her origin, which like how does she not already know that is is a, like another question that I crazy have that things I happen when you're running around being a superhero. I guess whatever she said, she said something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I thought I thought there were parts of it that were really odd to me. I also thought like the dad who's like has like not really been a character at all in the story so far was just like kind of insufferable in some ways. But we can talk more about that. So Nick, Nick, what did you think of, of this first issue? Uh I liked it. I it's it's very different from the G. Willow Wilson stories, which, you know, as we talked about last time are some of my favorite comics ever. Um but I, I thought it was a good transitional issue um it's interesting what you guys were saying though about this not necessarily being good first issue uh because when i finished reading it the first thing i thought was that it felt like the first issue of the kieran gillen jamie mckelvey uh young avengers which i read that back when it first came out um and i I was first trying to get into marvel comics uh like i'd been reading comics for a while and like i hadn't really tried marvel stuff um yeah and i i was like pretty lost and i tried reading another issue or two and i just i dropped off and then i didn't read i never read the series again until like a few months ago and i liked it but um yeah so i wonder if that's the sort of reaction that newer readers would have to it like i i hadn't really thought of it until you guys said it though because i felt okay yeah you have the her telling Nakia the origin, which it felt like uh, like it was more of a prerequisite than it was an organic part of the story. Uh, it also, they picked weird things to, or I don't know if this was Ahmed or if it was the editor, but they picked mm-hmm. really weird aspects to highlight of the origin. Yeah. Like that, I feel like that wouldn't help a new reader. But mm-hmm. yeah, then it goes right into the, um, the stuff with her parents which I felt like they established the dynamic and I feel like this is a, a conflict that has been coming for a while so I, I don't really I don't think that's a bad thing I don't think that characterization was bad no that that I um, liked a bit, I, the stuff with the parents that I liked that I was mm-hmm. into I, I thought it was weird because like it, feel, it felt like the whole um, like end of the of the first like volume of this series and then like parts of the second was all about like how like how the mom was like on her side or whatever and just like how how like proud the mom was of 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 Kamala and like the things that she was doing and it kind of feels like she sold her out here and is now like being uh, sort of like on the dad's side while he's like being mad about being lied to instead of nah. like coaxing, coaxing him into being like also like also proud and also like no you need to keep doing know. these things because you're a I hero felt like it was stuff. it was but very I don't know if that is a fair read or not. 
sorry, you were cutting out when I started speaking. Oh, That's okay. why I was speaking. Um, but I, I feel like that's, it, it's probably drawn from like Ahmed's own experience. Like, I feel like it's a very authentic for like, I don't know any Pakistani people, but I know people of like other cultures where parents act in similar ways to them. And I feel like this was very authentic to that. Like, I feel like this is the sort of thing that would happen in this situation. Like, even if a daughter and mom had like a secret that they were sort of keeping with each other, eventually like the mother would tell the dad and then he would become furious about it. I thought that all made perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and obviously there's something going on with the dad. So like, I mean, that's what I took it as. Like he, I, I took it as there's something wrong with him. Like, I think he's sick or something. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, gonna <laughs> kill something. Me. it's gonna, if, if he's dying, I'm going to be very upset. Mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it yeah maybe and maybe and maybe that's maybe that's part of it because it felt like like part of like part of wilson's run um with like all these characters in this family like there was like conflict but it always felt like very pure and it felt like it it was like resolved in issue I guess like it, ha- it started and then it was resolved. Um, and like, it was like resolved in sort of like this inspirational speech, all these like inspirational speeches and all this, all the, like the tears and like the hugs and like the very sort of like parochial, like family, family hugs and feels stuff. And this feels like, because it's the, it's the big, first issue of an arc. Like it's going to be, we're going to have this like now ongoing sort of uh, probably like, like four or five or six issues or whatever about like this conflict with like Kamala and her dad. Um, which is fine. Like that's, that's fine. Like for the series to like evolve in that way or something. It just feels, I don't know. I guess like I'm still sort of like waxing, waxing nostalgic. It's only been, it's only been like three weeks for, for this era of, of like G Willow Wilson's comics. And for like, for like this, that thing that I very loved. Cause this feels, it feels like it feels, it feels different in like significant ways, I guess, to what, to what Wilson was doing. Um, like, cause I've read the next few issues of what Ahmed's been doing with like Miles Morales. Uh, and he's like kind of been doing like a similar thing um, with him. Like it's uh, there's like, he's got the, he's got like this inner monologue thing. That's like his journal and him like, like freaking out at something. And like, th- there's not an inner monologue here. There's like the weird alien narration. Um, but like Ahmed's like putting, putting the character like sort of like through, um, like through the ringer, like it's not this sort of like very um, small, uh, uh, more more grounded, more sort of like um, like emotional thing that that Wilson was doing. I guess I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I want to talk about the alien thing in a second, but just to build off of what you were saying, um, the villains in Wilson stories tended to directly relate to uh, what Kamala was going through, or at least the inner monologue was able to connect it in some sort of thematic way. Whereas here, and I feel like I felt this in uh, when I started reading the Miles Morales Spider-Man book, the first two issues, uh, it was more disconnected. Like it was more a villain for the sake of being a villain. And I feel like that was something that really set this series apart because a lot of series are just villains for the sake of villains. Right, 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 right. 
and and you hit it on the head like on the head here too like come like kamala doesn't have like an inner monologue in this in this issue um and that was the best like that was some of the best parts of like wilson's run it was like of like seeing her wrestle with her like emotions wrestle with her like complicated you know notions about like like responsibility like to her family and to her friends and to her community and to like the larger world and like feeling sort of like her own smallness in the midst of like all these other bigger things um and and it seems like ahmed's sort of like gonna have her maybe like tackle excuse me like tackle bigger things or whatever but I, 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 if if this if this series doesn't have sort of like some of her inner thoughts or stuff, I think I'm gonna miss parts of that because that was that was something that was really really special about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the narration, uh, that as a device, I'm not sure that it was needed, especially not in a first issue, but at the same time. I liked what it did as far as uh, how in the future, like when, when people look back on like historical figures or just any sort of, yeah, like primarily historical figures, uh, we tend to forget their humanity and we tend to focus just on the things that they did and uh, yeah, just that sort of thing. And we see them as these infallible, like, icons as opposed to human beings and the way that it contrasted against what we see Kamala going through uh that was pretty cool um just as in insofar as displaying that again I don't know if that's the right choice for a first issue but I liked it anyways yeah oh no yeah, I, I think I'm it's just gonna I, say that I oh go ahead Jess Nick sorry said. that's it <laughs> oh okay okay um yeah, I, 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 I think like I think it's a fun contrast. Uh, I think it it was it was sort of like one 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 mystery too many of like what the hell are these aliens doing here? Um, because like we don't get we don't get any any of that either. Um, yeah, and like I know that it'll be connected or whatever, and that'll be like to the probably to these like the like. Sl- blue sludge stuff but um yeah i don't know it was it was interesting speaking of speaking of blues um what did y'all think about about the art on this switching from i was just gonna um, say yeah it's still ian herring coloring it and he's colored it is. issue of miss marvel i didn't realize at first um there are certain parts where you can tell like uh in the flashback to when mm-hmm. she first got her powers but i feel like overall he's purposely using different color palettes they're a lot more uh like purples and blues and i feel like like this was interesting and i don't think that he ever did this during any of the wilson stuff but during the fight with her parents he turned the coloring to more expressive as opposed to the more representative that it had been and when characters would get really mad like he would color that panel a lot more red um, mm-hmm. And that that mm-hmm. was interesting. So it's cool that he's you know switching it up a little uh, now that he's working with different artists. Yeah, yeah. I was I was gonna say I was gonna point out some of the exact exact same stuff. Like there there are a lot more blues and greens and 
and and especially yeah that 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 page with the nine panel grid um which is probably the first time that i would imagine this might not be true i might be speaking out of my ass this might be i feel this feels like it might be the first time that this like miss marvel's had a, a nine panel grid maybe um but you're right like there there is like the reds and the panels the panels look more the colors on the panels look more heated like they look like because people are angry and people um are like having like angry emotions and like there is a lot more sort of of that going on rather than sort of like the muted tans and yellows and and browns of of the of the um the the wilson series like there there's a lot more blues and reds and greens and purples and i thought that was interesting and i think i thought it was interesting too that it is herring who's carrying over doing this yeah the other thing that i always really loved about the art on this title in the past was how there would always be tiny little things happening in the background um just little jokes like yeah that didn't actually make sense in story but it was funny to look at uh yeah this this had none of that and that was a little disappointing but there was at least one artist in the old series who didn't do that. Um, I think it might have been Takeshi Miyazawa. But yeah, <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. I sort of missed that. Yeah, there are a lot more. It feels like there are a lot more panels on these pages in this first issue than there were um, in the in the Wilson series. I don't know if I'm making that up. No, no, you're not making that up. She usually stuck to like three to maybe five panels per page. And this is generally like a lot more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot more, there's a lot more going on per page. Um, I mean, no, not, no, there's a lot more, a lot more panels, like a lot more sort of people talking, going back and forth words. That I don't know where I was anyway. Not no, that no, there were right. yeah. not, not there wasn't a lot of things going on in, in Wilson's panels in Wilson and her artist panels. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. No, I mean you guys yes. basically said everything I would have said. I do I do think though that even with the art changes, I do feel like it's still it didn't feel like a completely different series to me, which was nice. I think Herring's doing like a lot of different things, but I don't think mm-hmm. he's changing it so radically where I don't feel like I'm reading a Ms. Marvel book anymore. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be, I think it'll be interesting. Like I'm, I'm again, like, like I'm cautiously optimistic that it's like, this is going to be sort of a fun, like a a fun, exciting book going forward. And um, like Ahmed has like, you know, proved himself as at at Marvel as like being like a really great writer. And he's written a lot of things that I've really, really enjoyed. And so I'll keep going. Um, But man, I, I miss already G Willow Wilson. Cool. 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 All right. Well, moving on to our last book of the uh, of the podcast of the show, uh, we're going to be talking about Age of Conan, uh, Belit number one, written by Teeny Howard, illustrated by Kate Nemechek, and then colored by Jason Keith. This is the last of the Conan books that Marvel um, has currently launched, or whatever, uh, in 2019 since reacquiring the right to the character we talked a little bit last up last episode about how um there's going to be a savage avengers book that starts in may that's going to start conan in the midst of the main marvel universe and how he's also appearing in avengers no road home which is taking place right now um 
and so this is the last of the titles of all of Conan's uh, all of Conan's side stuff. Um, and it's it's a five issue miniseries. Uh, so there's the main Conan the Barbarian series that Jason Aaron uh, is writing with art by Mom and Asrar, uh, and colors by Matt Wilson. And then there's the Savage Sword of Conan book that Jerry Duggan and Ron uh, Garney are doing right now, which is also going to have a change of creative teams in May. The book might be an, it's it's sort of like age like the Conan the Barbarian is like the main book where I guess like it feels like a main stuff is happening in the Savage uh, sort of Conan thing seems like it's going to be uh, side Conan stuff and it's getting a new creative team in May with uh, Meredith Finch and Luke Ross are going to take over the book. Um, so that's all the Conan things at Marvel at the moment. Uh, but with that, Nick, we'll turn it over to you. What did you think about Age of Conan uh, Belit? this first issue. So this is Teeny Howard, also Teeny Howard's first um, ongoing or sequential work at Marvel too, which is exciting for her because she's pretty great. But go ahead, Nick. So for listeners, this was, um, I actually recommended this book because we hadn't talked about Conan at all. And uh, none of us really have a background with the character. So I thought it would just be interesting to try out one of the books. And I sort of regret it because I didn't like this at all. Um, it's it's like the poster child of not my thing. <laughs> what about it specifically is not your thing? <laughs> Everything, I like. I don't oh. think that it's inherently terrible. I don't think it's great, but I think like for the audience that likes this sort of thing, I feel like it's like decent. But if it's not your sort of thing, it's like stay far away. <laughs> and it it was not my thing. It's I don't like. I generally don't like this sort of. I say time period, but it takes place in a fictional time period that doesn't exist. But <laughs> this like feeling of, I don't know, it feels like Middle Ages type. Um, and just like pirates, question mark. I don't know. You, I, I, like I didn't like it. I, pirates or whatever. And <laughs> like, I guess there's like, is there a sorcery here? I don't know. But there's some swords. Didn't care for the swords. I just I couldn't get myself to care about any of this. <laughs> oh. I want to hear what you guys have to say, and then I can bounce more off that. Okay, I kind of liked it, but I okay. feel like I might be disappointing yeah, Jess, go people ahead. here. But I also didn't like this. <laughs> I didn't like it either. Oh my god! I, I don't know a ton about the character, but so I didn't know anything about this book before reading it. But I know a little bit about the character, and I know that she's like a pirate queen who's yeah. like super sexy, but will also slice your throat, and then also has lots of sexy times with Conan. And then when I read the book, I was like, "Wait a minute, this is about some little teenage brat with a sword. What is happening?" So I hate sounding like that, but like it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And then when I when I got what it was, it just was not my thing like at all it was kind of it was like it was kind of cutesy but ex- except for like there were a couple of moments where this where this girl was like Arya Stark in it and she was just like stabbing people with this little baby sword and then like all of a sudden she's like trying to be pirate queen or whatever and it just it I feel so bad because I love Teeny Howard and I love all the work that she's done but this was so not this was not for me like this is the opposite of like my thing like either like give me a pirate story, but like don't give me like a kid pirate story. Like I don't want that. Like I'm not into that. 
Mm-hmm. I will say I recently read uh, Garth Ennis and John McRae as the demon, and there was a pirate story in there that was like 40 pages. And when I first started, I was like, oh, pirate story. But by the end, I loved it. Um, yeah, this didn't do that. At the beginning, I was like, oh, pirate story. And then at the end, I was like, oh, that was a pirate story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't into it. The art was cute, though, but I just wasn't into the story at the all. The art was really cute. I liked the yeah. art. Um, <sighs> yeah. I, hmm. You liked it. Go. Why did you like it? I, I thought it was. I thought it was like kind of fun and kind of and and like y'all said, like kind of like kind of cutesy. So I read. Uh, so for for con for context, uh, like Nick said, none of us really have like a background with uh with Conan as a character or with, um, you know, other Conan things. Like Conan's been around, I guess, for like ninety years or whatever, and. I don't really know very much about Conan. So I read uh, the first issues of the other two Conan series. And out of, out of all three of those, this is definitely the one that I like the most. Um, Cause the other two read like the, the, the Jerry Duggan and, and Ron Garney one, first off, like, like whoever's coloring Ron Garney, who's, I don't remember. I have to look it up who it was or like who, whoever's doing the other stuff on that. Like it just like, I really liked his stuff when he was with uh, Charles soul doing um, uh, daredevil, these things, but this, the book, it looks like, it looks like, like Frank Miller art and I don't need Frank Miller Conan. Um, and it's like a weird sort of like dumb side story. And then like the main Conan book is like really pretty. Um, and like us Az- and like Wilson do really, like a really good job, but it's kind of like, uh, like, th- like Thor, Thor light, but more sexist. Um, and I don't know that I love, I guess, love that. Uh, whereas like this book is sort of like, it's like a fun, it's like going to be a fun origin story. And I think that like, that's like, that's fun. Like I'm here for, I'm all here for a cool, how did this how did this teenage emo emo chick turn into like a badass pirate queen um and like i think that that could be a cool fun story and like i'm into the sort of like the like the dad like being sort of like he was like a bad guy in the past but he like wants to like take care of his like his like daughter and like like teach her how to be a cool pirate but then like he doesn't end up getting to do that i will say it's like speeds up some toward the end and i'm uh in like a way that i guess like sets up the next issue but is like kind of awkward but i thought like all the stuff at the beginning where it's like she's wants to like be just like her dad and like be a pirate and he was like you don't want to be like me because i'm a bad dude but i'll teach you how to how to do this and like i'll prepare you for that i thought it was like cute and kind of fun and i love i love kate nemchik's art like i think that she's fantastic and so i think that was most of it maybe for me rather necessarily than um than the the actual story part but yeah yeah i i thought the art was really fun like the, the art was beautiful i just it just isn't the kind of thing that i thought i was getting and and i know that it's like this is just the start of the story and that we're gonna get to where she is like this badass pirate queen but i still don't think the the aesthetic or the attitude that i was kind of looking for is ever going to exist in that story with that visual element so it's kind of like it's just not going to be my thing like if i got to read a story about some pirate queen i kind of want the pirate queen that i was promised when i look up what the character's whole deal is 
So yeah, and I don't think I got that. I think I okay. I don't want this to sound like a huge insult, but I think this was basically like prince princeless with mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. more swords. Yeah, and 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 that that's not what I was looking to get into today. So. Which is not a bad thing. It's just, I guess, ultimately, this is not a book for for me. Sure, I haven't read those 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 books, um, but I like like all of Whitley's other like fun stuff that he's done at Marvel. Like like Unstoppable Wasp is still one of my favorite books, um, and this kind of read like a little bit like that in some ways of like a yeah, and that's what's so weird about it to me because I feel like the other two Conan books don't read like that. So why couldn't we get no? They don't read like, like that at why. All. See, and like, and that's kind of my, my sticking point with it too. It's like, why does Conan get to be that character and that kind of thing? But you get, you, you throw in one book with the female lead and it's got to be real cutesy. Hmm. That's weird to me. Cause I, I do feel like a lot of the time with Marvel and DC, they kind of rely, they kind of fall back on trying to be cutesy to, to engage female readers. And like someone like me, like I would have rather gotten like, kind of like a, r-rated pirate queen book where she's just stabbing dudes in the throat like that would have been great sure sure so i don't know i don't know now i'm thinking about that which is like a whole other discussion to have but yeah no yeah i think um i think that's a really i think that's a really fair point uh and 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 i and i'm not sure that it's not heading in that direction i guess like i think that i think that the thing that'll be I think the thing that'll be interesting about these, like these Conan like books and like some of this, like it feel they feel like, um, and even like the first the first issue of the main one felt like this too. Like it felt like something that, um, like would have read like five issues of like would have been read better in trade than like than the debut thing did. Um, and I'm curious if that's what this book like will read like like if we'll get to like about halfway and it'll turn into sort of this like dark, um sort of like oh people are dying and there are monsters and things are worse than i thought they were and yada yada and then it'll turn into this but i don't know if that'll happen or not i think i I won't be around long enough to see that happen that's fair yeah (laughs) i don't know that i will either but um but i would i would be here for that i yeah yeah yeah, it's it's also in the execution, I think, because I think there were parts where it tried to be like that, like when the father gets taken. Uh, if you look at that page, I think it's supposed to be like this really dramatic, like, oh, no, she's like going out to sea while her father is like being taken and she's watching. I laughed at that page. It was structured like a joke to me. Um, and I like it didn't elicit the response that it should have. So I think it's also on the fault of the creators for not like selling the moments in the ways that they intend them to be that's fair well i feel like when the dialogue is halt who sends you and it's just like some hillbilly saying debt collecting um <laughs> it's, probably, <laughs> it's, it's probably worth a laugh he's like oh, father father i'm like just jump off the fucking boat just swim you're like <laughs> you're, you're like three feet away and you can jump out of that anyway <laughs> yeah Y'all are probably right. This is probably going to be a cutesy pirate book, and and that's weird. Um, I didn't so, think it was cutesy. I I mean I no, I see I why you yeah I see why you would say that. I just I didn't get that vibe. I just got like a very ho hum vibe. Like nothing really exciting is happening. I hate that I didn't like this because I really like the creators involved. 
Yeah. Like that always upsets me when it's like a book that I feel like the people involved are awesome and then I don't like it. Like that bums me out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I I will read issue two and we'll report back just just for you. <laughs> just for you. But otherwise I probably wouldn't do it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I just all these Conan like now that I've like read a little bit of all the Conan stuff like it's it's interesting. Uh, I'm not sure like what the like what the appeal is or why why Marvel fought to get this like to get this license or whatever, um, and like why like it's this is like three titles that or three spots they could be doing a lot of other things with or like a lot of other things with the, these creators that they have and. It's just interesting that, um, and I'm sure, like, it, I don't know, like for the interviews, like that I've read, and from like the ways that, like, like Aaron and Howard and and others have like talked about um, these books, like they're excited because they like these characters, and they must have liked reading these books like forever ago, and so it's like that same sort of like nostalgia boner that like that we have for for things, but it's just it is it is interesting, and um, and I don't think that they're gonna having tried them having not not and having not really looking and ha, and not really being looking forward to god i can't talk and not really looking forward to like savage avenger stuff coming out like i don't think the conan stuff is 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 for me necessarily i'm happy to get exists i'm happy whoever is enjoying it is enjoying it but well yeah. you know what i'm happy it exists what meet the girls i hate you <laughs> yes <laughs> I'm happy that that exists for you too, Nick. Thanks. And for Jess. No. Yes, thank and you. And for Jess. <laughs> and for Jess. I'm sorry, Jess. I apologize. Kevin, there was <laughs> nothing on tonight's show that you really loved, so I just feel bad for you, period. I, I do too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What a bad day yeah. for you. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe tomorrow when, you know, like like I, Idris Elba is on, on Conan, it'll be fine, you know, or something. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be on Conan tomorrow, but I... If he was, I would watch that. I can't. There's no joke I can make. Just Conan. <laughs> Conan. 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 I, a, whatever. Joke. Thanks. Jokes are bad. Jokes are dumb. Uh, whatever. All right, we're done. Uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, so looking ahead to, uh, to to next month, we'll be back third Friday of the month. Uh, War of the Realms kicks off in full in April, so you, you bet your ass we'll be talking some about that. Um, no Road Home, Avengers No Road Home concludes. Teeny Howard launches yet another book with Thanos. Uh, Rob Liefeld comes back. That major expert comes out <laughs> next month. Oh, uh, here we go. We might have to hate read that. Uh, oh, Marvel- oh, God. I don't think we have enough time in the podcast. <laughs> we can make time. We'll we'll start earlier in the day. We'll record earlier. Um, we can do we can do a, we can live stream or something so that you can take all the three hours that you need to hate, hate <laughs> critique Liefeld or whatever. Uh, Marvel team up uh, begins the second Eve Young book. Uh, comes out next month and then the west coast avengers ends in april um so those are all things to uh to be looking forward to um not west coast avengers ending i love that book but other things until then uh jess nick where can people find you on the larger interwebs um you can find me on twitter at just cam nj 
I tweet a lot about my hot boyfriend. So, you know. Yeah. And wrestling. <laughs> and wrestling. That's true. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at writes. I don't tweet a lot, but when I do, you can bet it's going to be stupid. <laughs> oh, my God. oh, and you can find me on Twitter at KBGregory13. We'll be back next month with all sorts of fun Marvel content. Until then, if any of y'all are going to be at CCUE2, tweet at me. Let me know. We'll see you there. Um, till then, make mine Marvel Multiversity something. Yada yada, read some books. Yeah. <laughs>